first class life is different for everybody. And you're allowed to choose what feels good for you. Thanks to Issue for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Create once and distribute everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and social platforms. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for a premium account and get 50% off at issue.com slash podcast and use promo code DREAMJOB. Also, thanks to Gusto. Gusto offers all-in-one payroll and HR for growing businesses. Whether your team is in person or remote or a combination with Gusto, keeping your team on track is easy. Go to gusto.com slash dreamjob for your first three months free. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. I just finished leading the retreat in Malibu and I don't yet have the words to describe how incredible it was. If you want to hear some words, you could go to my Instagram. I posted yesterday a little reel of some images and some of the participants who were there commented underneath the reel what their experience was like. So you can go to my Instagram at kathy.heller and get a little sense, but um, it was just so transformational you know, it's amazing what happens when women come together and they really, really are willing to set down the struggle and they're really willing to make space to listen to each other. And they really start to just move into that higher state, that elevated place where all things are possible. And then there's just so much expansion and they release so much fear and resistance. And it was just so beautiful. Also the physical aspect, you know, the mountains and the the trees and the butterflies. It just felt like God was just, you know, showing off. It was so pretty. So um, you might hear my little kitten purring right now because uh, he just walked over to where my microphone is, but he is brand new. He's one pound, 10 ounces. And, uh, we just got him. We got another cat a few months ago, but we just got this little guy and he's had a cold. So we've been giving him medicine and I don't want to, I don't want to put him down right now because I know he needs a little extra TLC. So if you want to see a picture of him as well, you can see that on my Instagram at kathy.heller. He's so cute. Yeah. You're such a cute little guy. So I'm really happy that we're here though for today's conversation Denise Duffield Thomas is here. I know you're going to enjoy this because, you know, really keeping with the theme of expansion, her work is all about abundance and money mindset. And it's just so juicy. You guys like this, this past few days on the retreat, you can see it, you know, what's keeping people from just allowing so much money into their life is just a lot of misconceptions about money, about what we really need, about what really fulfillment is. It's just this kind of a mess that goes on in the mind. And when we get that straight, it's amazing how we can start to open up our creativity, open up our feeling of wholeness. And then so much just gets invited right into our life. 
because there's no static. So I think that not only was this retreat such an example of that, but Denise, the work she does is really, truly at the core of that. So I'm looking forward to diving into today's conversation. Uh, I also want to let you know that I am doing a uh, call with my friend Julie Solomon on August 16th. All you have to do is buy her book and then um, you can come hang out with us at 12.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to join that, just go to kathyheller.com slash Julie. And um, the next event we're doing is in September. It's a luxury sort of high-end. It's only going to be for 14 women. And if you want to find out more about that, you go to kathyheller.com slash Lux. We've already sold about half of the spots, but um, we've got half left. And this one is different in the sense that everybody gets that one-on-one time. And if this isn't what feels like the next right thing for you, but you want to come to something, then stay tuned because I have a really fun thing I'm about to announce where we're going to be getting together um, in Los Angeles for an event in October. And um, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be two days. We will probably have space for about 500 or more women. And I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned. All right. Well, as I said, I'm thrilled that Denise Duffield Thomas is here. She's a money mindset mentor and best-selling author who is helping the new wave of online entrepreneurs overcome money fears and blocks and create first-class lives, normalize abundance and wealth, and also help everybody make an impact. You might've read one of her books like Chillpreneur, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch, and she just came out with a new book. It's called Chill and Prosper, The New Way to Grow Your Business, Make Millions and Change the World. In this book, she gives a fresh and funny roadmap to living an abundant life without burnout. And she shares the invaluable business and counterintuitive millionaire mindset lessons that set you on the path to freedom without all the hard work as well. This is a message that really needs to be spread. So definitely go get your copy and listen to her podcast, Chill and Prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas, where she covers the topics of money mindset and clearing any money blocks. I love that Denise is taking away the taboo of abundance and wealth because making money is not something we should be ashamed of and we shouldn't have to work ourselves so hard to have the life that we want. So there's so many good insights she has when it comes to finding the root of our limiting beliefs and flipping the narrative and growing just a hugely successful, abundant life. But she's also very real and down to earth and lovable. I think you're going to learn so much from this conversation. So without further ado, let's get into it. Please welcome the awesome Denise Duffield Thomas. So I want to dive into this. Um, I'm so glad that you came. And truthfully, it's amazing how this is where everyone seems to get really stuck. It's one thing for me to help somebody down a path of purpose and help them down a path of giving and help Mm. them down a path of discovering their gifts and all of that. But as soon as there is prosperity on the table, as soon as there is receivership, as soon as there is the allowing in of financial gain, all of a sudden there's, there tends to be a lot of resistance Will having money make me someone that I don't like? Am I really worthy of it? And what's so interesting as a double bind is one of the main things that people say to me is I really would like to have a lot more of a flow of abundance because there's so much scarcity 
in so many areas. And here you came along and you really helped women, men too, but mostly women to set a lot of this down and allow themselves to thrive. And so you continue to talk about this in new ways. And so this is just really cool, especially now how you're fine tuning it. But let's start off in general with our conversation around abundance. And then maybe we can go into understanding like why is the chill aspect now part of your refined approach. But let's talk about in general, what is the dance with abundance about? Why is it something that really gets in our blind spot and, and, and how can we overcome that? So we could just turn on the water hose and let money come into our life. Uh, it's because money is tied up in two different things. And I think we're in this contradictory place, right? One money is tied up with power and power is tied up with bad in lots of ways. So I think we are so scared of even the word power and the feeling of power because traditionally the people who have had money have used it in ways that are maybe against our values or ways that feel scary to us. So there's that part of it of going money and power. But then there's the other part of it, which is so tied up with deservingness for so many women, almost like I have to be like perfect in word, thought and deed if I want to manifest money. There's that whole thing of like the secret and law of attraction. So I have to be perfect there. And then I have to be perfect in my work because otherwise I'll have imposter syndrome. And then we all have our own deservingness tick boxes. So for some people, it might be, I have to look a certain way to be worthy of money, or I have to work a certain way to be worthy of money. So it's so complex for so many of us. And what I find really interesting is sometimes when I talk to men, money is so much simpler It's just like, I'll do the thing. Someone will pay me for the thing. It's a little bit more of a, just like a linear kind of relationship without a lot of the stuff behind it. But when I talk to women, we dig into it a little bit. There's so many self-imposed rules that we put on ourselves and also fears on the other side of it too. So it's, it's super complex, but then I want us to be really like, to really acknowledge, like when I grew up and you grew up we didn't have the opportunities that we have now. And so we have to expand our mind about what work and money is because we've grown up with this very linear relationship of effort and reward. And that's the only way you can make money in business. And now we live in this place where there is no real correlation really. And for some people that feels discombobulating because we don't know what the rules are. It's like, well, if I have this, what do I have to give up for it? what do I have to do? And it's like, well, it doesn't work like that. And so it's like, I always say that the math doesn't math in our brain because we're like, but what do I have to do for the money? And it's like, well, I mean, you can create something and millions of people could potentially buy it from you, but it's like, I don't get it. How does it work? So we just live in different times and our brains haven't caught up with that yet. Yeah, that's really interesting. I want to unpack that last piece, And I also want to just share that something just clicked for me when you were talking about how men just kind of move through it more simply in a way. And what clicked for me is that last week I was coaching a group of women 
And I was talking about something I talk about a lot when it comes to money with them, which is being codependent. And it clicked for me when you were just talking about men and their relationship with just trading, right? Something they do, someone else wants it, money. There's less codependency is what I just clicked on. And then I thought, why? And I think it's because we as women, for the most part, of course, I'm generalizing, but for the most part, we're like pleasers. We are in a role growing up. We want to be liked. We want to be pleasing. And so there's this thing where as soon as I talk to someone and I'm coaching someone and they're talking about making money, they're in everyone's business. It's like, well, they don't have that much. So I can't charge that much. Like, what do you know what they have? Right. Or it's like, if I charge this much, then I have to hold for this person, this and that. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Why are you so codependent with this other person? And there's also the idea, and I'm curious what you think about this, where it's like, if Cartier or Gucci or Louis Vuitton decides to charge three grand, eight grand, five grand, whatever it is, there's a gift in that for the purchaser because. If I purchase that, I'm giving myself an opportunity in that moment not to co-sign scarcity. It's this wow, epic moment. Just like if you decide to sign up for like a $50,000 coaching yearly thing, or you take your family on a five-star trip versus just the bare bones. It's much more than the purchase. It's more than the transaction. There's something else going on. And when you're not thinking about it in terms of you and your worth, but more about the other side of it, you don't have to be depending on, you don't have to have somebody give you approval because there's something so much bigger going on. And it's like, we got to get out of the way of it. And so I'm curious, because you've coached so many people around this. How do you think about that? Do you feel like there's a little bit of that that gets sticky and how do you help women in particular to get over it? It totally gets sticky. Um, So one thing I want people to reflect on first up is if you got the hundred richest men in the world and put them in a lineup, they would look pretty different physically in lots of ways. So some of them are tall, some of them are short. They're all varying degrees of attractiveness, let's say you know, different body shapes. A lot of them are white, let's face it, Um, but different ages as well. You know, you've got like super old, super young, but I find that there's something there still that holds a lot of women back. Again, we're generalizing, but where we feel like we have to be deserving, we have to look a certain way to be able to show up and help people or to, to make money. And then within that though, is this realization that a first class life is different for everybody. And you're allowed to choose and you're allowed to choose what feels good for you. And wouldn't it be great if you get to a point where money is just money, the price is just the price, and we don't put any of our own stuff on that. <laughs> and, and that's a really good example of the designer stuff, right? Because I'm not really into designer stuff that much. It doesn't really float my boat, but I can appreciate it that sometimes the price is part of the experience for somebody. And um, one of my best friends, Victoria Gibson, who she is a celebrity archetype. And so for her, it makes her feel good to have designer things. That's part of her first class life. So I went to visit her recently in Melbourne and she said, Denise, you need a bag. Cause I just, 
I live in a beach town. I put my phone in my jeans pocket and I'm good. And she's like, Denise, you don't even have a freaking bag. Let's go buy you a bag. And I went, ooh. And um, we went into Saint Laurent. And I was so intimidated even going in there. You know, and this is is me, like, this is literally like two months ago, right? I've been a a millionaire for years at this point. And um, she took me in and she was so at ease in that space. And, you know, they were like, oh, ladies, would you like some champagne while you wait? I know, that's how it is. Yeah, that's that's so how it is. And, um, and Victoria was like, oh, my friend doesn't drink, but she'll have a sparkling water. And she would like to try on the tribute um, shoes in a size 39, please. And I was just sitting there. I was wearing jeans and I was just like, <laughs> but what I realized was um, it was a really fun experience, but it doesn't, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily for me that I would go to all, all of the time, but all of the people were really friendly and the service was really lovely. And it was just this beautiful, abundant experience. And I just bought like a black crossbody bag that was, you know, pr- pricey, but when tried on, trying on these shoes was such an interesting experience because they felt amazing. Like I could feel the quality. I could feel that experience in there, but also seeing that it was just part of the experience. And what's really funny sometimes Victoria will be like, oh, I love your jumpsuit. Where is it from? And I'll go target and she'll go, oh, because it's just not part of her identity yeah. to buy something from target. Right. And so Again, we might have judgments around that. We might have judgments about people who shop in certain places, both sides, right? Yeah. Where we want to get to is what feels first class to you and not to have that judgment of feeling like you have to provide, you know, a Saint Laurent service on a target budget and vice versa because it's a different target market often. That's true. That's true. And but we feel like we have to serve everybody at a critic proof price and that does not exist. So what I find is hard within going one layer deeper into that is that some people have realized that they've never been able to choose. They've never really decided what do I like? If I could buy anything and I can afford to go and buy lots of pairs of shoes from those places but I don't want to so if you could choose what would you choose and often we don't know because we've been told you get what you're given yeah and you have to help everybody and it's it's better to give than receive so part of this work that I do is really giving people permission to design what they want and then be okay to just be like the price is the price without a judgment on themselves yeah. for who they choose to serve and what they choose to charge. Yeah, I love that. And I was just thinking about it the other day because that is also something that I hear from people in my world. And even a little bit still, there's residue in my own life where there's that like me being happy and feeling like I'm receiving feels like sometimes, what are you doing? Like you should give everything away and then it's worthiness. Right. And I was thinking about how dolphins don't think that way. And honeybees don't think that way. They're not like, Oh, I should only have a certain amount of whatever they're enjoying. You know, like I shouldn't fly too high. I shouldn't, I'm a dolphin. I shouldn't take up too much water. I'll just stick. And then what happens as I realize is if you're in that place where you're not in, in, in a flow of plenty, you have plenty of well-being, 
plenty of oxygen, plenty of like water, plenty of juice in your tank. You're only hurting the collective because what happens when you're around someone like that is this person's not aligned. This person feels that they're not worthy. So there's an element of static. And when you are with somebody who has put the oxygen on themselves first, there's this resonance. There's this way in which their presence alone is a gift to somebody else. I remember when I first started meditating in 2007 and my teacher, I didn't yet understand why this was happening, but every time I'd walk into the room and I'd find my cushion and sit on the floor, I'd say, oh my gosh, I just love her. She's got such rich, like, energy and I want to be like her. And I was like, yeah, she, she's cultivated a resonance, a presence a fullness. So that wholeness, every time I would leave, my husband would say, cause we were already together. I was like, whenever you leave that class, like you seem so sexy and light and gentle. And then he was fulfilled. So who do you think you're serving by being on empty? No one. And I know we've heard it. You can't pour from an empty cup. But then you go right back into who am I to have anything? And it it's like a ping pong ball and you get stuck in it. And I really think about it, like the people who are having all this yumminess to just put in the world as they walk through the world, even before they even have the generosity to give extra things, their time, their money, of course, just their presence alone is so, so beautiful. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I felt that as well. And there's something there about working on your internal money stuff. It actually doesn't matter what you charge. You know, there's again, no judgment on what people charge, but there's something there about working with someone who's worked on their stuff. You feel safe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? You feel safe. And you know, when you've worked with someone and they're like really wishy-washy about their money boundaries and like, you can tell, oh no, that's okay. Don't pay me it sets up like a real, you don't know what the boundaries are. You don't know how to feel safe in that relationship. And so when we um, resist putting boundaries in place, it actually is, it's not a good experience for our clients. And I know for myself, I really find it hard to work with someone who hasn't at least worked on their money stuff and have awareness around it. I don't care how much they earn, but there's something there about here's your invoice. Clean. It's clean. And I, there's been times where I've had to chase people for invoices because I know on the backside of it, they're sitting there going, am I worth it? Should I put this uh. thing on there? Cause we went over time and I don't feel safe in that relationship. I don't feel safe when someone over delivers because then it creates a feeling in me that's, it's not energetically win-win. And so you ha- working on your money stuff, yeah. working on your money boundaries is such a gift to give to people because then they can feel safe in your presence and held and they know what the boundaries are. Yeah. You said something earlier and it, it relates a little bit to this, which is that it's not, you said that this amount that I earn is because of this much that I have to then sacrifice, right? It's not like if I earn a million, this costs me this much sacrifice, costs me this much exhaustion. I have to do it, right? We, we we do think of it that way. In fact, sometimes I notice that people hit a ceiling on how much they earn. And then when I dig into it, it's like, oh, I have a belief that love is earned. I have a belief that if I made more, I have to hold more of people's heaviness. I have to deliver to the point where I could never 
than even function. It's like, wait, wait, that what you think is your deliverable? But what I've come to learn, and this is something that Abraham Hicks says, which is that your abundance has nothing to do with what you're doing. It's your vibrational match, period. And then the field, this energetic field that is undeniable that Einstein talked about, that everyone talks about, that we live in, it's a tuning fork, it's an echo chamber, and it'll just, it'll organize itself. It'll come back to you because that's just, that's just how the world works. You'll get off the bus at summer camp and you will wind up becoming best friends with the four girls who also love the same three musical theater shows and wear the same jacket because you're a match. Like, that's it. You know, that's not even like that. It's like, of course, those are the girls that you met because it's like same, same, right? So we don't really get that. And that also gets in the way. And I've noticed like, even if I change the thing I'm offering in my business and that has a smaller launch, out of the blue, a sponsor will call or I'll get some kind of big podcasting deal and I'll wind up making the same money I made the quarter before because that's how much charge is sort of on my circuit breaker. It's like, I can handle this many watts So that's it. It wouldn't matter what action I did. Even if I didn't work, all of a sudden my husband would find out about some real estate deal and one way or another, the bank account would be the same. You, I know you're shaking your head. You understand this, but how do you help people understand this? Because they seem to think that every dollar is tied to their exact actions. Yeah, totally. It's funny because this is exactly what I'm talking about in my money boot camp this this month. So I had a call last night and a call straight after this about this exact thing, your energetic income level. Ooh. And yeah. I love that. I'm going to wind up quoting you a million times. I've never heard it that so way. We were talking about all of these different things that could be contributing to that. So I remember this very clearly when I started making more money than my uncle, who was in my mind, the richest person in our family. And it was so part of his identity to be rich and generous. And I was really stuck there for a long time until I realized that and went, oh, I don't want to emasculate him or whatever it is. Some people get stuck at a a tax bracket because they don't, they think I'm going to get into trouble. There's something that's going to happen. A lot of people get stuck just under a threshold that might mean they lose benefits, they lose child support, they lose alimony, where there's a real consequence to that, or it's related to like an old job. You know, they were like, well, this is what I earned when I was a burnt out lawyer. So how can I surpass that doing something that I love? It just doesn't work out. There's so many layers to this. One that's really interesting that we talked about last night is what's your relationship to the natural order of things in your family? So a good example of this is a lot of British people love queuing. You know, they just, they wait in an orderly line for their turn. And so how can you make a massive big leap in income if people you started with are stuck or your older brother or sister isn't there yet. There's something there about, I have to wait my turn and I have to go in the proper order of things. So this quantum leap that we know is possible feels like I'm going out of turn. This is, this isn't right. I can't put myself forward to this. It just doesn't feel right. 
if you're the baby of the family, how can you make more money than anyone else in your family? How can you make a big leap forward? How can you make more money than anyone else in your family has ever made? How can you make more than your dad? That could be a real sticky one for people. But I think too, there is that linear relationship again. And after I went through the, it was like 120 that I was stuck because I went, oh, I can't emasculate my uncle. Then I got stuck at 250. And I remember thinking, well, I've worked pretty hard to get here. You know, in those early days, you, yeah, you know, sure. you're dealing, you're doing your boundaries, you're doing everything, you're like doing your own website, you're doing everything. I still kind of was up until then. And so I was going, I really want to make a million dollars, but how can I work four times harder to do this? Mm-hmm. And of course, that's not how you get there. It's not how you get there. You can't work four times harder. It's impossible. But I was literally trying to do the math and trying to go, but that's the only way instead of realizing that there's so many, so many things that we haven't even acknowledged about why we're scared to make that. And you just have to dig into all of those reasons and just go, okay, well, of course I'm not, you know, going to that next level. I'm really afraid that I'm going to emasculate someone in my family. I'm really afraid that I'm going to get in trouble with the tax office. I'm really afraid that I'm going to have to burn myself out to do it. And yes, we know that efforts involved in business, right? You and I both know this books don't write themselves. Businesses Mm -hmm. don't run themselves, but there's something there about that energy of holding, holding space. And I know exactly what you were talking about before, because I remember when my husband came into my business, he was like, oh my gosh, I've been hearing from all these people. They want you to run a mastermind. And I was like, oh my God, no, because I'd have to, I'd have to be responsible for them. You know, if I'm charging 10, 30, 50, whatever that people charge for masterminds, I'm like, I'm going to have to practically move in with them. that money. So we've all got our edges of what we have to do, what we have to give up. Sometimes it's, I have to give up being a good parent. Yeah. I won't be a good mom. Yeah. If I do this or I will have to give up my health or I can't have love and money or I can't have money and being a good person. Yeah. You know, if you've got religion in there, I can't go to heaven and make heaps of money. There's so many layers and it is all mindset because then the logistics of business are easy, right? It's like, cool, well, I need to sell this amount to make this amount. But it's, <laughs> if only it yeah. was that easy. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because I, I have had that same thing in my life. And you know, what's really fun is <laughs> when you go, oops, I just made three times as much as I told myself I was emotionally comfortable with. So it's done. The bandaid is peeled off. And then you realize none of it matters. It's like Charlie Brown's mom is like, what, what, what? Like, it's just, it, none of it matters. It's all just energy, literally. Right. Um, I remember before I made a million dollars, I was worried about my husband and how that he would take that. Cause he hadn't made a million dollars as a lawyer. He did fine. But, he, and then he, I remember the year I did that and he was like net or gross. And I was like, no, this year it's like the net. And he was like, okay. And he was like upset, but he was happy for me, but he was upset. And it was a really interesting year in our marriage. And I was like, Ooh, you know, there's a little bit (laughs) that comes with this, but then we found our way to like a new normal. I got off my little trip. He got off his little trip and then I five X it and then beyond it. And now it's like, it just like, what color is your couch? So what? It's just part of our life now. Like he's found a lot of his own meaning and fun and purpose and I've all of that, but it was really a thing. And I think I would have done it sooner 
had I not glimpsed that that might've been a little bit of a hiccup for us, which it was, it was an interesting, it was all, it's all perception. None of it was real, but it was a thing. And also with my mastermind for years, I said, I'm not going to do it for the same reason. And eventually I got to a place where my energy was so clean around all this. So let's just put it out there. And we had like 400 people apply to a mastermind that was $25,000, which just seemed like a number. I was like, yeah, let's try it. We took 40 of them about a little over 40 and it's the easiest thing to do. And people think, well, if I sell something for $10, it's going to be easier than selling something that's a thousand dollars. And it's not true <laughs> because whatever you sell, whether it's a book or a piece of software or a cupcake, it's just about communicating what your value and what they tell themselves is their story and the right person in the right place is in. And what's interesting about when people spend more money, it's like there is a level of their own resistance they've come through. So they need less, you know, they expect less actually on a certain level. They expect more resonance and less handbooks or like there's in my mastermind, there's no like running around. There's no workbooks. There's no, there's just, it's just a palpable Wi-Fi signal that I'm, I'm putting them inside of. They're just getting really good broadband and they're very, very beautiful women. And it's very, really nice. I love this conversation before we keep going. I just want to thank our sponsors. If you're a business owner, the last thing you want to be spending your time on is handling payroll and employee benefits and time off requests and everything else that comes along with managing a team. Let Gusto take these tasks off your plate. Gusto offers all-in-one payroll and HR for growing businesses from full service payroll and benefits to team management tools and more. Gusto makes it easy to support your hardworking team in an intuitive platform. I've teamed up with Gusto and they're offering you your first three months free at gusto.com slash dream job. Businesses and employees love Gusto because businesses having everything in one place is a game changer. And with Gusto, most customers are able to run payroll in 10 minutes or less. Gusto helps with the hard stuff too, like filing payroll taxes, compliance, new state tax registration, and international contractor payments in 90 countries and counting. I know that having that HR system in place is so important when it comes to business, but it's also something that drains just time and energy. So I'm really excited that Gusto is able to manage those tasks. Join the more than 200,000 new and growing businesses that are using Gusto to build a great workplace for their employees. Right now, Gusto is offering our listeners three months free at gusto.com slash dream job. Get easy payroll, benefits, HR, and a happier team. Go to gusto.com slash dream job for your first three months free. Have you ever created a piece of content and you're thinking, great, now I'll post it on my website and share it on Instagram and send it to my email list. But then you realize that you're going to have to reformat it and resize and re-download and re-upload. And it's just this never ending process. If that sounds like you, then you need Issue. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flip books and brochures and more. So your creation can be featured in an easy to view way on every device. Just make it once and it's ready to share. Issue will distribute it everywhere without reformatting. Plus they're going to optimize your content for engagement. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. 
I love their visual stories feature because we've been doing a lot more Instagram stories and issue makes it really easy to format our content for Instagram without the tedious process of re-downloading and resizing. Get started with issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you can get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use the promo code dreamjob. That's I-S-S-U-U.com slash podcast and use promo code dreamjob at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code dreamjob. In your last year, or actually it's been like, well, you, you have the chillpreneur and then you have chill and prosper. And in this realm, what have you learned? Because this is along these lines of less is actually more and more might be less <laughs> when people pay more. What have you learned about it being easy? that there is a level of being able to, as you say, chill, there's a level of being able to relax Mm. that actually becomes more potent, more sexy. And how is it that by creating more of this chillness into our life and our business, we might actually just make more prosperity happen for ourselves? Yes, yes, yes. So first of all, I'm a Virgo. Okay. And the reason why that's important is because I really sit in that middle between woo and practical because I love me some practical stuff. I love me some more stuff too. And so when it comes to things like launches, selling stuff, whatever, a really practical detail to know is conversion statistics. Okay. Don't everyone have their- I would say so. If you're going to look at something practical, that's a good one. Look at it practically. Exactly. And people turn off on this, but then there's something there, what you were just saying, (laughs) so funny about whether you're selling a $10 ebook or a $10,000 program, the conversion is the same in lots of ways. It's just, it's not the same people who are going to be buying at both. So what I realized is um, I created an app one time and the app designer was like, oh, you need to put a price on this app. And, you know, he said, oh, you know, most people charge a couple of dollars for it. And then I was thinking, oh my God, 1% of people who buy this, you know, out of my thing but I, and I call it the 3% pain in the ass rule or ass, as you guys would say, 3% of customers are sometimes just irrational. doesn't matter how good you are or whatever, you'll get that. And so I was thinking for $2, having some customers who feel just as entitled as if they spent a hundred thousand dollars with you really. And That's I just what went, I'm saying. Oh my God. Oh yeah. It's the same. It, it's just, it's not the same one, one to 2%, but you usually can't, nothing will sell at a hundred percent. And so I, I find that I can be way more chill when I know those things. I know that when I send out a newsletter, I know a certain percentage of people will unsubscribe from that. I know that when I do a launch, a certain amount of people will buy. And there's something there about just being comfortable of going, that's just the law of the universe. And so all I have to do is show up and do my thing, grow my audience. So then my results can be better. But there's just something there about that acceptance, I think is really important. And then you can be chill about it. If you know that you cannot find a critic proof price, then you can be way more chill about setting a price and selling your stuff because you know for some people it will be too hot, some people will be too cold, but it will be a Goldilocks price for some other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so I think that's where I come from of going, you know, do your mindset practices, but know that it is what it is. Yeah. And nothing that you can do and meditate about will change the fact that some people will unsubscribe from your newsletter. Yeah. I will give you an example yeah. of what you're saying is that a few years ago, 
we had this free Facebook group and people were active in them. And sometimes I would post questions or comments or wins or a lot of things, you know, here and there throughout the week. And I brought on someone to my team and she suggested closing it. And I said, why? It's this amazing group of people and they're all engaged. And she said, and what is it really doing for them? Like, they just keep saying how much they love you and they hang out in there, but they've been in there now for like three years and no one's really moving forward. Not really. Like they're taking tiny steps, but not moving forward. And again, another piece of data that's in the world is that the more people invest in something, the more skin in the game somebody has, for instance, a gym. If somebody spends $8 a month on a gym, those gym statistics show hardly anybody goes. But if somebody spends $300 a month on a gym, the statistics shows that those gyms are packed. So it's interesting, right? How people value the things that they invest in. So she suggested closing it. And I said, you know what, before we close it, why don't we just see if there's a group of these people who would want to move to some kind of private group for like $5 a month, Denise, $5 a month. So I posted something. We're thinking about closing this group. And I'm just curious how many of you would $5 a month. I can't even believe you would suggest that. How would you have the audacity to suggest that? I can't believe this. And like, right. And then there were some people who liked it, but by and large, there was a lot of people who were like, I've been in here for three years and this is the, and I was just like, whoa, this is fascinating. And how am I really serving and helping? And I heard Marie Forleo say once that whatever she does with her business, she realized a long time ago for her, it's either going to be free or expensive. And I realized, oh my God, for five and a half years, I've done 600 plus episodes of a podcast that we are the top 20 entrepreneur show. We've been in the, we have worked to make gorgeous content and we've stayed in that top 20. And we, I do come hell or high water, having babies, not having babies, traveling on. I put out two shows a week. Sometimes I've actually done more and it's free. And people tell me like your show is wonderful and it changes me. Great. It's free. Listen to it whenever you want. And then we have programs that could be $3,000, 5,000, 10,000, 25,000. And people say, I finally invested. I took the action. I finally had to show up for every call and I invested and I completed it and I'm different and my life is different. And we have this incredible reputation from that level of the exchange of what you put in, what you put in. And so yeah. I think people need to hear that because sometimes you look at something and go, oh my God, how could I charge that? I want you people to hear right now what you said. There are people who will think it's expensive if it's $5. So you could all Absolutely. day long give yourself a headache. What am I going to charge? Oh my God. It's like everything that you could possibly think is out there. People who think this is a lot, people who think this is not a lot. So therefore- you can make things for free and give them away. And then you can decide, here's where I show up and here's where I want people to meet me. I want their strongest version of their yes. And here's yeah. how I'm going to ask for it. Absolutely. And I mean, that's my philosophy as well, right? That's exactly why for for the app, I just went, I'm going to make it free. There's mm -hmm. no point me making it $2. No and having someone go, the app's not working. I'm so Agreed. angry at you. And I go, oh my God, I have to fix this for you. Instead, when the app's not working, I go, I'm really sorry about that. 
it's free. Whereas if some, if I get a customer service inquiry for my money bootcamp, which is $2,000, it's worth it for me to fix that problem for them. It's not worth it for a $2 thing. It's not even, it wasn't even $2 a month that was suggesting it was like a $2 one time. And so again, it's just knowing what it is, what it is and being like, it's almost like having a very Zen approach to what is true. And then you can play around with that. And that's my business philosophy of going chill and prosper doesn't mean go and work on the beach. That's not what it's about. It doesn't mean not work. It's finding the path of least resistance for you and knowing that you can choose anything, but everything has customer service implications. Everything has marketing requirements and you can choose within that. So people will say, do I do a big team or a small team? I go, totally up to you, but everything has consequences, right? It's just that some things work easier for different personalities than others. You know, you want to make a million dollars. There's not emotional consequences. It's just like, okay, well, what are you selling and how many are you going to sell? Like, let's just live within a framework and then do whatever you want with that framework, especially now where there's no rules to how you deliver something. There's no rules to how you sell something. I've seen people sell, you know, multi-thousand dollar masterminds on a Google doc. You know, I've seen people try and sell a $10 thing with a 50 page sales video. I've seen it all too. (laughs) You know, I've seen people who go, I'm just going to offer VIP days on Voxer. You know, there's so many different ways that you can offer everything but you just have to keep on showing up and asking people. And, yeah. and that's the two-step marketing process I share in, in the book to say, share what you know, make offers. There are so many nuances within those things. There are so many choices that you can make and only you can make them. And there are no rules around that. And then you can be chill about it. That makes sense. I know I'm going to get refunds. So I'm going to keep on going. You know, I know I'm going to have this many people unsubscribe. Okay. And just get to a point where it's like, it is what it is. Money's just money. The price is just the price. It doesn't mean anything about myself as a a human being. And the flip side of that too, is not judging other people. doesn't mean anything about them as a human being because they sell this at this price. And the truth is is. like, there's a market for everything and it is what it is. It's like, no one sits there and says, wait, how much is milk? It's like, that's what it costs. Right. You, I mean, there might be a little more if it's organic, a little less if it's this, but that's pretty much what it costs. There's a market. Like how much is a podcast microphone? There, there's generally, there's already a market. So that's where it's like, why are we so sticky about it? It just is what it is. This is what the market has already decided it's worth. So that's it. Move on. In your money bootcamp, which is one of your sort of signature things that's been there for a while that people just rave about. What is one of the number one and number two sticking points where people just, they really get stuck and then unstuck by going through the money bootcamp? Like what is one of those consistent and you're like, there it is. It's okay. I've heard this a million times. (laughs) I'm just curious if you had to pinpoint it. You're like, yeah, here's the blind spot. I think for everyone, it's their own personal relationship with hard work and money is the big one. And we dig into that in so many ways to look at, your background, what era you grew up in, what is work in your family, what's not work. You know, there's so many layers to that around hard work and money. That's the first one. The second one is I can help people or make money, but not both. Um, And 
having to shatter that. And, and again, there's layers to that depending on what industry you're from. You know, some people are like, well, you know, I help people with something that's really important, so I'm not allowed to charge for it. Yeah. You know, and so it's shattering those two things, but it, it's layers upon layers upon layers of it. You know, if you grew up hearing that talking about money is impolite, you're going to really struggle sending invoices, putting a price on your thing. God, chasing up default payments will feel horrendous in every part of your body. So it's those two things, the work work and money, breaking that linear relationship, and I can help people or make money, but never both. They're the two big ones. How we get there, though, is very different for everyone, and that's that's the work is excavating our yeah. own personal um, relationships with those things. It's so interesting. I have a friend who uh, her daughter went just got in last year to Yale Law School and Yale is like, it's like 80 grand a year, you know, before you even find a place to live just for school. And she said, oh, she's so excited. And she's wearing the sweatshirts all the time. And I'm thinking, yeah, when she got her acceptance letter, she didn't think, oh my God, what are you going to charge? She was like, oh, what an honor that you're even letting me pay you, right? And you think about like, because you said, I can either help people or make money. It's like, also my husband, who what used to be a lawyer before I retired him, he used to say, law school doesn't even teach you what you do as a lawyer. It's like, if you go to a great law school, which he did, he went to USC. He's like, your teacher just like talks, like sits on the desk and like, just is interesting. And then you actually go to take the bar and you don't even know what you're doing. You have to go prepare for it separately. Like you just get the experience of being around great minds basically in law school. It's fascinating, but you think about that and it's like, Hmm, so why am I making such a big deal about that correlation? What is usually one of your go-to things that you say to someone? If they say, well, I can either help someone or make money, but why would I get paid to do something that's really meaningful. So two things on that. So one, I have a sister who's 19 years younger than me. So when I first started my business, one time she came and stayed with me and I was like, oh, look, I've got, you know, a client coming over back in the days when I did that, you know, I've got like a VIP day with somebody. I've got a couple of calls and the lady um, left and she went, did she just pay to be your friend? Like, did she just pay just to hang out with you? Like she just couldn't understand. (laughs) <laughs> what the value was that this person was getting. So when you were saying that about Yale, I totally get that now. It's like, yeah, you go for the experience. You go for the sweatshirt. You go for that on your CV forever, right? Similar thing to when I paid to go to Necker Island. It's just that thing of going, wow, I want to be in this place where great minds have like come up Richard with great Branson. things. Yeah. Exactly. What I got out of that experience though was going, wow, I want to create this for myself. Mm-hmm. And I went back home and I bought um, a farm and it was that feeling. No small just thing, going, just bought a farm. I bought a farm. It wasn't even, do you know what? The whole time I was at Necker Island, I was too shy to talk to Richard Brown. I never spoke to him once. I would have been the, like that too, I think. And, you know, everyone's having dinner. People were sitting next to him and talking to him. He was like playing tennis with people. And I was like, I was just too shy to talk to him. So I went all that way. But what I got out of that experience is he had a vision. He saw this place. He went, I'm going to create this amazing space. Um, When we were there, they were talking about how there was a hurricane, you know, like the year before. And I was like, but it was, it looks beautiful. And they said, oh, we had to ship in new palm trees every single palm tree 
here is being shipped in from somewhere else. And I just went, it just blew my mind to what was possible. And I think sometimes we underestimate just the energy of investing in ourselves in that way, the energy of being in a group where other people are in that conversation about money, being in a group where people are talking about, oh, I just bought my own island. We can do these things because it normalizes that for us. And it becomes literally possible because we see it. And we all know that value of seeing someone who looks or sounds like us make money. Um, And so we have to curate our own experiences around that, curate our feeds, curate who we spend time with, our mastermind groups, the events that we go to, because someone just might say one little thing. Like when I went to an Ali Brown event when I was 29 and she said, I made my first million by 35. I went, I'm going to do that. Right. Possibly. And I did. I did. And I, I I mean, I did it just two weeks before my 36th birthday. So it still counts technically millionaire at 35, but I wouldn't have even thought it was possible. And it was the one thing that she said. And you know what? Years later, I paid to go to an event that she did in Sydney and the actual um, stuff that she taught, it wasn't groundbreaking stuff, but I remember just the her energy and presence. Yeah. And she said one thing that was worth it for me. She said, um, you know, I, uh, and I was pregnant at the time and I was thinking, God, if I want to grow my business to $5 million, I'm going to have to have such a big team. And she was talking about, oh, I've simplified my team. I do my whole business now, you know, X many millions of dollars with just two team members. And I just went, thanks, permission, thank you. And so that's the value. And I used to think it had to be what I said to people. (laughs) And I'm hosting some people at my farm in a couple of weeks And the first couple of times I did it, I was like, I have to give them so much information to make this worthwhile for them. And then I had someone over and I was like, because it's a rose farm. That's part of it too. I was like, go into the rose tunnels and just pick me a rose that represents where you are in business. And it was just like the most transformational thing for her. And I was like, oh, I don't have to do anything. I just invite people into this space and they have the answers, not me. And I think there's just something there sometimes about thinking I have to be the source of everything for people. I have to earn this money with my blood, sweat, and tears, instead of just realizing how much energy and permission and being a role model um, is so, so, so important and valuable. So gorgeous. And what it reminds me is that every human being has access to the stream of well-being to their own creative inspiration, to their downloads that they're supposed to get from the divine. Everyone has access to that. So it's not that they need you to give them tons and tons and tons of information, but to put them in an environment, in a space where they start to tap into expansion, they'll find their way right into their own alignment. And that was so beautiful what you just shared about the roses and having they'll go pick a rose. And that's, that's so much right there. So much <laughs> just being in the space. I love that. Um, but I know I'll still, I'll still second guess it when it starts in two weeks time. I'll, I know I'll still be like, what am I going to you know tell them? Am my hand up? Yeah. Perfect. Because again, that's the relationship we have with money yeah. is it has to be this linear thing. One other thing on that is um, money mindset is ongoing. You know, it really is. And so you could nail it in one area and still, 
struggle in others. So I've, I've been fine for years about making millions of dollars from my courses. What I realized though, that I didn't put any value on me speaking because I just thought, I don't really love doing it. It's not my thing. I never prepare. I don't have good slides. I can't charge for speaking. I don't know. It was something there about it's not legitimate or something. So I would just go and speak at people's events for free. But what I realized is that the deficit of energy was coming from my body. I would come away from that, not feeling lit up and inspired and, oh, wow, I, you know, when spoke at my friend's thing or fairly generous, I actually felt so burdened by it. You know, like I would actually feel physical pain in my body because it wasn't an energetic win-win. It was, there was a deficit and I had to pay for it. And so that's the value of having energetic win-win pricing because then all is balanced. And when you feel out of balance, great, you can just change what you charge. So I started charging for speaking gigs, but then I realized I had a similar thing about writing. I was like, I'm not a real writer. I've fooled Hay House into you know, publishing my books. I'm not really a writer. I don't really make my money from writing. So I started to do mindset work on I'm a wealthy writer. You know, I I make good money from writing. I am a writer. I started telling people about that. And that was still, you know, two years ago. In the last two years, I've been working on that blog. So you will always find new places where you have to work on your mindset because it's sneaky and it's tricky and we're emotional people, we're emotional creatures and we like to find meaning in things and often we we find a negative meaning (laughs) in things. Can I ask you one more question? Of course. This is going to take a full circle because this was such a juicy, valuable conversation. And I still think that one of the hardest things is receiving for no reason. Like, I think women, especially it's like, okay, I can kind of understand this is what I'm charging. I heard, heard that whole conversation and yet there's still me giving something, right? Holding some space, yada, yada, yada. But then like the other day I was going to do a uh, post a reel and I was talking about my birthday and how for my birthday, I went to Cartier and bought myself this bracelet. And right before I posted the reel, I hesitated and thought, oh, what if people are like, who is she to post that? That's so gross. And then I thought, but wait, in my mind, I'm like, I can justify it. I said it was my birthday and I bought it for myself. My birthday I was like, whoa, why am I even doing backflips around that? And then I did notice that first of all, the reel did so well. It was the surprise. It did better than so many other things I posted, but I did notice that some people unfollowed. And then I noticed, hmm, there's a part of me, first of all, that was like signing off on like, ooh, yeah, there's a little judgment there. And I think that there's something about just enjoying our life and sharing that we're enjoying something where we feel guilty. And I think there's something about like taking ourselves to lunch for no good reason. We're celebrating ourselves and buying ourselves a bag or just spending the day with our feet in the sand and just the indulging in pleasure that we feel is going to be judged and therefore we are judging ourselves. And it's like, guys, at the end of the day, this is your life. (laughs) If there's never a moment to just fully relax and receive, what is it then? If it's con, if there's never any uh, expect of that, because you're afraid of judgment, what would you say to women? Because you posted when you bought this beach home and it was like multi-millions of dollars. You're like, look what I posted. Did you hesitate? Did you get flack for that? Do you feel like other women hesitate? And do you feel like that is something 
you have an idea of like, here's what I would say to move through that. Totally. So the thing on that is that we often have a common money block that will follow us throughout our journey. And so one of mine is people won't like me. They won't think I'm down to earth and friendly, right? Right. But the thing is, that's been the same when I made no money. (laughs) Like literally it was my first year in business and I was like, oh, I can't post about blah. People won't think I'm friendly and down to earth. And every year or so, like, you know, as I've made more money, I have that same feeling. But for me, I think, no, but it's really true this time. But it's really the same. (laughs) It's the same one, if that makes sense. It's the same. And so you kind of have to just accept that, that you're probably going to have that money block. Cause I remember like when I uh, had a baby and I wanted to do my business, I was thinking, I can't hire a nanny to help me. People will think I'm so, you know, like fancy rich. And that's just kept on following me. And so I think you just have to kind of figure out what yours is. Usually it's people won't like me <laughs> is the big thing. And it's true. Some people won't like you, but that's true if you had no money and you were posting about, you know, I went for lunch or something, it's still, still happen at every stage. So it's not, it's not the money necessarily. And you're not going to be a dick about your money. Like, ha ha, look what I've gotten. You don't have it. It will inspire right. the people. <laughs> it will inspire the people who, who go, wow, you know, I, I need to do that. So there's something there though, about receiving as you you were saying and I think sometimes we have to practice it in small ways receiving a compliment if you can't even receive a compliment how do you think you're going to receive you know millions and millions of dollars or good things and so practice saying thank you that's so nice of you you know your friend saying I'll buy coffee this time thank you that's so nice of you and receive in all ways big and small and see where you're pushing away abundance from the universe and if you know and could start with literally receiving compliments yeah because it's free right if you can't receive something that's free how are you going to receive anything bigger and bigger and so it's it's practicing that and noticing what you're saying about yourself I notice now I even think well I'm not allowed to receive that I'm already so lucky and abundant so Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to have that and then it's like oh no no I'm I'm still allowed to have time off. I'm allowed to feel bad about myself. Sometimes I'm allowed to have anxiety. I'm allowed to deal with my anxiety instead of thinking you're rich. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to have this. You're not allowed to, you know, admit that you feel scared sometimes, or you're not allowed to have anxiety. And so we just, yeah, everyone has to find those little pockets where we're not allowed to receive and, um, and see what that money block is that's been following us again. It's so beautiful. The numbers are different. I mean, add an extra zero, whatever. We're still humans, right? It's so, of course, of course, it's so beautiful. And we're all dealing with these big existential questions. What happens after this? What is it worth? Am I living up to my potential? Like, doesn't matter how much money you have. Those are the questions. And there's a lot that comes up. And it's so true. People will think whatever they're going to think, no matter how much money you have. And I heard a girl who listens to my podcast say, I've been listening to you and I really, really find it so helpful. And then the most helpful thing you ever shared is when you said that you took your family to Blackberry Mountain and that the cost per night was $5,700. And I thought I'm putting that on my vision board. The fact that someone so beautiful and humble, like Kathy Hellery also, also is an, and, and also she gets to take her family on these trips and she appreciates it so much. And her kids get to enjoy a first-class trip all the time. She's like, 
that motivated me so much. And I was like, oh, because I was afraid to share it. And I'll just say Mm -hmm. every time I receive like that and I go away or I give myself some beautiful act of receiving, even if it's just letting a compliment come in and not diminishing it, anytime I just receive, I have so many downloads. I get in terms of in my mind, like I go, oh, I just got some inspiration. My resonance just grew. I just grew my business by taking a break. I just got this, like literally it impacts my family, my health. And it's, it's just, I think on some level, our ego is just constantly just hyper vigilant. And there's a little level of like resistance and static. And I think almost it's the most humble thing in the world when you receive because you settle the ego down and you're just in a soul connection at that point. I agree. I agree. And you know, it's funny, I'm actually going to a yoga retreat today, (laughs) a yoga and writing retreat. And so much of that is like, oh, we've got so much to do. There's so much launch stuff to do. I feel bad, you know, leaving my husband with three kids and two dogs. Oh, it's the best thing for your whole family and your business and everything. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so important. And, you know, even my kids, my daughter was like, I wish you wouldn't have to go away. And I used to kind of feel really bad about that. And I said, yeah, but I'm really excited to go away. You know, I get to do this amazing thing and I'm not apologizing for it because I need it. You know, I need it to be able to show up. So an affirmation, I guess, which I use a lot, which if you don't remember nothing else from today, I serve, I deserve. I serve, I deserve. And that can be at every level. You know, you're putting out good things to the universe. You're helping your community. You have to receive in return. Otherwise you get burnt out. You get resentful. You make other people feel weird, you know, by not having that beautiful relationship. It's breathing in and out. You can't just keep on, you know, doing it one way. So I serve, I deserve is an affirmation I share a lot. Um, and I have to use it a lot because, you know, my life's not perfect. I still have to deal with my mindset issues. And so I'm sure I'll be saying that all this week too, of going, I serve, I deserve, I serve, I deserve. It's like the inhale and the exhale. That's all. We make it so that's complicated. It. I think about Oprah sitting in Montecito and like, it's appropriate. Like, would it make sense if every dollar she made, she gave away and didn't live in a beautiful home and have a beautiful homes, right? Homes. Like that, yeah. that wouldn't feel right. Like let her be like thriving And she's also a custodian for beautiful underwriting of so many ways she can contribute, but it it, it makes sense. And everything you share is so important. Tell everybody where they can buy any of the books and also follow you and everything else. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if people go to denisedt.com slash prosper, there's a ton of bonuses for the new book, including I did like meditations and visualizations so you can listen to them while you work i'm gonna go do it oh they're so fun it's like dealing with your fears around marketing and opening up your heart to more money and breaking through six and seven figure income plateaus super fun and so that's at denisedt.com slash prosper you can buy the book from anywhere but that's just where you put in your details and get those extra bonuses and i'm at denisedt all around the web so i always love seeing people read my book or just even just tell me an aha or something that came up for them or tell me your money stories. I would love to hear from you. Incredible. I hope you have such an amazing time at this retreat. And this was so beautiful. And I'm so glad we got to say hello again. Same. Thanks for your generosity again. Thank you. Okay. Bye. How much do you love Denise? All right. Here are the takeaways. Number one, a first class life is different for everybody. You're allowed to choose what feels good to you. Number two, you can't serve anyone when you're running on empty. 
Number three, your abundance has nothing to do with what you're doing. It's your vibrational match, period. Number four, share what you know, make offers. Number five, there's so many choices you can make and only you can make them. There are no rules about it. It's about finding the path of least resistance to you. Number six, you don't have to be the source for your customers. You don't have to earn money with blood, sweat, and tears. Just invite them into the space. They already have the answers inside. And number seven, practice receiving in small ways. Remind yourself, I serve, I deserve. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope that you just know how much I truly appreciate you. We have really good episodes coming up, amazing guests. So make sure that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or you're following on Spotify. And if you're a fan of the episode or any episode we've done, then leave us a review. It helps so much more than you would know and doesn't cost a thing. And if there's someone who you think would be inspired by this episode, then share the link with them or post the link on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller and tag Denise at Denise DT because she's going to love to see that you guys enjoyed this. And one more thing, if you want to join me for our September Lux experience, you can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux. It's going to be two days. We are going to dive into your business and to all things abundance and everybody there, since it's only 14 women, we will make sure everybody gets that one-on-one time. So that'll be really special. And it's going to be at Casa Del Mar in Santa Monica in September. And uh, I just love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have an amazing weekend. 